Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. Uh, you're listening to Drew, so that must mean Kyle's not around. Uh, we were moving him from one house to another today, and um, he doesn't know where any of his podcast equipment is. So we have been joined, luckily, by our good friend Eric from Cowabunga Comics. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Hopefully I can fill in the shoes of, of Kyle or at least try and fill in the shoes of Mike from last week. He was awesome. <laughs> well, well, it's we just talked a little bit. It's been pre-pandemic since you were on the show. Is that is that possible? I think so, or at least very early pandemic. Um, but it has been a long time. Well, we're glad you're back. Um, we appreciate you you taking some time out. And um, last time we talked, you had been setting records at Cowabunga Comics, you know, with uh, Black Friday sales and uh, free comic book days. So um, what's been going on at the shop and how's everything going? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I think this is pretty common across most of our industry, but things are still up. Um, sales continue to climb. Uh, everything is coming back to, I guess, pre-pandemic patterns. So we're seeing, you know, our gamers are starting to come back in. Uh, we've put some limits on how many people we have in our gaming spaces, but we've made some additional space uh, to help kind of offset that. So we've got gaming back going on, which is phenomenal. Um, the, the comic sales themselves, I mean, we're up across the board in every category. Uh, you never really know with something like a pandemic, are you going to see, you know, a spike increase on new books? Is it going to be collected editions? Uh, maybe it's going to be older back issues. But quite honestly, it's everything across the board has just been phenomenal. Our customers throughout the pandemic were just absolutely top notch. Um, we had we serviced kind of every possible, I guess, need that people would have. Uh, we had people who wanted just to have their stuff mailed to them, which obviously we do a mail order business. So that was no thing. Uh, we had people who wanted to do contactless pickup where we'd set a box outside and a couple of days a week um, we'd offer up you know between these hours if you want us to drop your box off on your porch we'll do it if you're within the city limits so we did a little bit of that um, I think the great the great thing about it was that our customers pretty much just kind of kept their normal buying patterns going um, or increased them they, there was no you know loss of, of subscribers per se of note we lost a couple but we gained a couple as well and you know, overall, it was it was good um, as far as income goes. And since everything reopened a month and a half or so ago, uh, we're just continuing to see more and more traffic in the store. Um, we held a 25 percent off everything in the store sale last weekend just to kind of put a little shot in the arm for our customers that have been so loyal throughout everything. Um, it's the only sale that we've had this year, and I'm probably going to say it's probably our only sale that we'll ever do everything in the store at 25% off this year. That was we'll the key another... wall too. Yep. Everything. Oh, yep. how'd I miss that? I got to follow your social media more closely. <laughs> Facebook is, is definitely the best place to catch that stuff. Um, I, I try and throw some things on Twitter here and there, but unfortunately uh, we don't have a social media uh, professional to, to handle things. We just have me. Uh, and added on to all the other things I do, it just just kind of falls through the cracks sometimes. But yeah, it's been great. And then um, you know, in the store itself, we've been doing just a ton of 
expansion. Um, we, through the pandemic, continue to add back issues. I think we're encroaching 60,000 back issues out on the floor now. Um, between our priced back issues, the wall, our um, sets that we do. So if, if folks are looking for runs, we put a lot of sets together. Um, so we've really beefed that up. We've also uh, got some new shelving in that's allowed us to increase some of our new books. Um, our indie sales have really been steadily growing uh, across all, all publishers um, in the back half and, and of course, Image um, and Boom. But that's been good. And we built a new, I guess, cage section that's is it 16 feet on each side and, and four feet wide. Um, that's it's all exterior facing, but it's uh, it's all action figures. We had a couple of big action figure collections come in. So we've we've really you know added a ton to the store. And then just to keep with the additions, we decided, what the heck, let's just do like some massive, uh, you know, exclusive cover program with Valiant and just really go all out. So we're our third Jenny Frizen Shadow Man came out this past week. Um, we did a Something's Killing the Children exclusive. We've got a couple of other exclusives that we went in with um, with a friend of ours over in Iowa that are going to be coming out next week. We've got a crossover exclusive and a Department of Truth exclusive. And we've got a Ninjak Ashley Witter that'll be out in three weeks. We'll have another Shadow Man by Jenny. Uh, we will also have an Exo Man of War by Ashley Witter and a couple other things that I can't yet divulge that are in the works that are pretty cool. Now, explain to me, because it was Jimmy's Bastards. Yeah. was your first, you dipped your toe in and you got a Phil Hester, Jimmy's Bastard, issue four, I believe. And yep. um, uh, then it was kind of, you like didn't do any for a while. So right. what what made you open the spigot wide open and go crazy with with the, all these exclusives? Um, well, so we did the Jimmy's Bastards and then we had a little bit of a gap and then we had an opportunity to do the Bloodshot number one, Tim Seeley. Yes. And that one went just incredibly great for us. I mean, the Jimmy's Bastards did great, too, and that that was obviously um, part and parcel with the Garth Ennis signing that we had. So, uh, but the bloodshot number one, um, Sealy exclusive was just, it kind of took us by surprise actually as to how popular it was. So we kind of just thought, you know, it's something we want to get back into. Um, there's some pretty steep buy-in, um, components to like Marvel and DC where you're, you're looking at very substantial print runs and uh when you're new to the game with those big dogs um you definitely don't get first pick of of artists and traditionally um, they're just going to give you a list of artists that they have that are house artists that you can pick from and i think that there's ways that you can you know work agreements in but we're talking some of those just to to get it started you're 13 to 15 thousand dollars in wow so it's a it's a big buy-in um we went in with somebody on um the star wars bounty hunters uh alpha the jandarisma that we have so we did go in on on that one which was a big buy-in um but coming through the pandemic we were talking a lot with valiant um they they were one of the best publishers throughout the entire thing they were sending us um care packages frequently a lot of stores got them from valiant that had whether it was a glass cover or some gold covers or 
signed books, things like that. And the express intent was that we would sell them, whether it was on eBay, you know, Facebook through the store, but it was just ways for us to keep some extra income coming in. And so we've just continued to have great dialogue with Valiant. Um, they've been good partners to us, done a lot of, of um, really good uh, in-store promotions with them. Uh, and they've always just been very open with us and willing to listen to our ideas. Um, one of which, like I said, is one of the really cool things that we haven't announced yet that's coming out that I just think is phenomenal. Um, but anyway, so we were kind of talking with them and saying, you know, we'd be up for doing some exclusive covers uh you know if it if it works out as far as the print runs and the costs and stuff like that um and so we just gave them our top two artists jenny and and ashley and they got us books for both of them um that are significant and the print runs came back at great numbers for us that we're really happy with um obviously the art that the two of them do is just out of this world uh, if you haven't seen our Shadow Man covers, you, you really should look at them. I mean, they are just gorgeous. Um, and I can tell you that the fourth cover, and this is a Comics for Fun and Profit uh, breaking news exclusive, <laughs> will feature a new character on the cover. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just like our Ashley Witter Ninjack uh, is the first appearance of Mina who's on the cover and the cool thing is there is not a single other cover in existence that has her on it. So you want the first appearance, the first cover appearance, that's going to be our Ashley Witter and inject number one. So um, it's just been really great working with them. They've continued to, to really meet and exceed our, our requests. And uh, you know, it's, it's a mutual partnership because we've been on a lot of phone calls with them throughout the pandemic, them saying, you know, what can we do as a publisher to make your jobs as a retailer easier? And I'm happy to say that they've really listened to a lot of our feedback. And over the next, I'd say, 6 to 18 months, we're going to start to see some of the suggestions that James and I put forward and, um, you know, some of the ideas that we brought to the table actually come to fruition. Uh, We've been having some very, very cool meetings with some of their uh, upper employees, which is is really, really cool that they're including us in this process. you know, and they're including other retailers as well. It's not like we're the only ones just getting our way. But, um, you know, when you're valued like that, it's really easy to to be a good partner both ways. Right. So they're doing the things that we're asking to help grow our business. and Likewise, they're giving us the tools that we can use to our benefit. And some of those are exclusive covers. That is that is cool. Um, so I need to get back into the Valiant game. I, I I haven't read much Valiant for a while, so I need to I need to do that. It sounds like they're doing some good stuff. They are, and they're starting to I think get back. I don't want to say they're going to get back to the roots of Valiant um, because you know it's it's impossible to ever go straight back to where you came from. But um, their leadership now um, was some of the same leadership that they had back when Valiant first launched, and they left and went other places, and they've come back home now and they really know that it, it's a it's a mix of things at Valiant that really made it as strong as it was back in its real peak. And that was a strong mix of creative talent. You had amazing artists. You had very good story writers. Um, and then you had the uniqueness of a smaller publisher with a connected universe. And so to kind of get back to those roots, I think, is where they want to go. Um, in the near term, they're publishing stories with with strong creators obviously colin bunn writing shadow man is no slouch 
Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, they're, they're putting out, they're trying to up the game as far as the creative component goes. And I think there's going to be an eye towards some, you know, line wide reset in a way, like not a full on just cut and switch and, and whatnot, but, you know, some way to kind of adjust back to a little bit more of the, the valiant of old connected universe feeling. Um, at least I, I hope that that's what they're planning because that's what it sounds like they're looking to do. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, for those that have stepped away from Valiant, it might be a good time to check back in, whether it's with the ongoing Shadow Man, the upcoming Ninjak or Exo that's um, going to be coming back here shortly. But, yeah. When, um, what do you think of Bad Idea Publishing? Um. I mean, whatever you can, whatever you can comfortably say, um, what do you, th- what do you think about their, um, tactics, uh, what, 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 what they're doing and, and, um, do you have any, uh, are they coming back with like a, just a name change? Do you know, do you have any inside dope on that? Well, I would say first and foremost, to answer the question of how do I feel about them? Um, I, I'll, say we are the only store in the state of Wisconsin that sells bad idea comics. Um, that's both good and bad. Uh, it's good because we know that if somebody in the Wisconsin area wants it, they got to come to us to get it, you know, unless they're going to order it online from someone, which they can just as easily do from us. Um, but it's also a struggle because that means we are essentially left to field the requests of the entire state or at least a good chunk of it. So it's been interesting. It has exposed um, new customers to our store. So that's great. Um, but I will say the some of the marketing campaigns, uh, I guess you could label as innovative in ways. Um, I guess you could also say that some of their rules are counter to the industry right now. You know, one of the, the big things in the industry is speculators and that's one of the things that bad idea doesn't really allow. You cannot sell more than one copy of a book to a customer. So it kind of limits a few things there. Um, I think if I had to sum it up, I would say that they, they're doing a great job with their social media, getting their fans riled up. I don't think that they're really generating a significant amount of new fans or, or, fans who have not previously read material that has been put out by the individuals that are running bad idea. So I don't know how well it's working in that form and fashion because they're not in previews world. Um, and they don't have a lot of stuff coming out. So it, it, it that's, I think a struggle that they have um, for the, the name thing or, or for bad idea closing. Um, there was uh, an interview on another podcast where Dinesh made a comment that they were going to go away and come back as, as a different name. It seems like this group would not be the kind to just throw in the towel um, as quietly as saying we have a final five and we're going out. So I think we're just kind of expecting that something will come up, whether it's a name change, whether they say psych, we're back in the game. Um, but I, it seems very unlikely that they would disappear. Yeah. Now the uh, the final five, you have them available, and for online customers, they also they don't have to be in Wisconsin. They can still get them. Um, Correct. But it is 
I was correct in saying you do have to order all five issue, all five series, and all three issues of each series in in advance. Correct? Yes, through us, that's what we are doing. Uh, unless you come into the store on the release day and then take the gamble of do we have it or not. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, so they are available on shopcalbunga.com. Um, the pre-order period passed yesterday, so they we have a set number that we've ordered. So our, our discount is no longer on there. We had a, a 25% discount for the whole thing. Um, and that has kind of been what we were, we were doing once we got into a rhythm with Bad Idea was 25% off if you ordered the whole series to take a little bit of the sting off. But um, the reason, the real reason why for pre-orders we have you pre-order the whole thing is because whatever our order number is for issue number one that is the same order number we have for the rest of the issues in that story arc so if we order 500 copies of number one we're ordering 500 of two and three regardless we don't have choice and we can go back later and reorder books but then you know if they're out of first prints, then we'll get not first prints. And there's people that don't want that. So you're really, what they're trying to do is get you to, I guess, order as many of the first issue as you can, because they know that in the industry, the first issue always has the highest print run. And so what they're trying to do is get you to, to order up on that. And then by doing so, they require you to get the rest. So we're trying to take a little bit of that and pass it on to everyone equally and say, okay, we'll order the books, we'll get them in, but you've got to you know, throw some skin in the game too and, and help um offset some of the risk that we have okay okay so does this is your you guys have decided to do the bundle of all 15 issues right to kind of kind of absorb a little of the the risk um for everyone but but that might not be the case everywhere right and there will be um you know inventory allowing we will put single issues up on Shop Cowbunga. I know we have Tankers 1, 2, and 3, all first prints up there. Um, ENIAC 1, we do not have any first prints, but we do have not first prints. And then 2 and 3, I have to get loaded up on the site as well. I think we still have a couple of Whalesville left. So, um, you know, we will post them, inventory allowing, but they're going to be cover price um, at that point. And you know, that's just kind of the way we're we got to do it just because it's a it's a very different system. It's not like, you know, right. not like going through Diamond or Lunar. And um, they're are they all seven ninety nine or is that just the because that's just how it averaged out Um, are some higher or lower than others? Uh, you know, that is how it all averaged out, because what what ended up happening was they just gave us the total like this is the total amount. So I think there's probably gonna be a couple nine ninety nine and a couple of five ninety nine something like that. Gotcha. Seems like the way that they've been doing it. So do you think they learned any lessons that they will take to their next publishing venture of what worked and what um, didn't? If they did learn any lessons, I'm afraid to say that the lesson they learn is they can do whatever they want and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's. <laughs> That's just the honest to God truth. Yeah. Now we're four or five months out from the Penguin Random House taking over the distribution of uh, Marvel Comics. 
October um, 1st. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, how have you had more communication with them? Do you know, do you, ha- you have a good plan in place? Uh, you, is that going to be seamless for, for you guys? And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it will be for your customers because you guys always make it seamless for your customers. But, um, how about for you guys? Yeah, it will be seamless for our customers, um, but it is going to it, it's going to add some process to us just because, um, you know, Diamond set the tone for the comic industry when Lunar and, and when UCS was in the game set up, they basically mimicked the patterns that we have with Diamond because it was like, well, this is the industry expectation. So this is what we have to pattern ourselves around with Penguin Random House. um, it would kind of be, I think, it would it would be like uh, a mom and pop, I guess, hardware store going to Home Depot and saying you need to do it our way, right? Home Depot is going to say go pound sand. We're not changing anything. We have an entire corporation set up around this. So, you know, Penguin Random House, their distribution um, is very well set in how they do things. So their their website, their back end stuff is set one way and. Uh, we'll have all the same information. We'll have all the same capabilities. We should have a better uh, a better inventory to draw from. Um, so all of those things will be good. It'll just be a change for us in, in making sure that we, you know, learn how to maneuver the site and, and handle everything um, going into that part. But like you said, customer experience, it, you order your books, you get your books, you know, unless there's damages or shortages. And, um, and that just is a is part of the game. But yeah. Should be relatively seamless. Well, Lunar decided to, um, well, DC and Lunar decided to shift the to Tuesday release date. So, is it possible that Penguin could do the same with maybe Marvel wants Thursdays? <laughs> um, well, they wouldn't want Thursdays. The reason that it moved to Tuesday was to line up with all other media and pop culture releases. So like new music day, new movie day, new action figure day, I think for pretty much all other industries is Tuesday. And so that was why DC made the shift or Warner made the shift for comics to come out on Tuesday because it was a simpler marketing push. They could just do it all in one day. Um, There is a chance, I guess, that we could see that. Um, I don't really know for sure. And if it was to be changed, it would be Marvel or Disney making that decision, not um, not Penguin Random House. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so now that I'm, I'm sure there's going to still going to be some shops that might be that might be loyal to Diamond and yep. will just pay the penalty and get their their Marvel books through them. Um, but I would guess the the vast majority will will go ahead and go through Penguin. Um, do, do we anticipate um, a, a losing the the print version of previews or of Diamond struggling in any significant way financially? Um, let's break it down a couple of different ways first. So let's talk Marvel previews. Um, Penguin Random House and Marvel have come out and said there will be a print catalog available. We even placed our first order for the October or the uh, yeah the October Marvel previews through Penguin Random House so that will not be going away. Um, DC has also said they're coming back with their previews and I think the first one we're getting is like we're getting it equivalent to the amount of 
Batman we ordered or average number of Batman we ordered or something. So they've got a physical previews coming back. They finally realized that uh, if they want to sell books, they should actually advertise them. Um, and I, I don't think we'll see previews go away as long as Diamond is around because that is central to a lot of the agreements that they have. Um, so they're technically, you know, sellers agents. And so part of their contractual agreement is that they have to market the products and try to sell it. So I think that that is one of their primary mechanisms, um, to be able to sell things. Now, I, I think what's more likely to happen is you're going to see, you know, the, the catalog is going to be the same because DC hasn't existed and Marvel hasn't existed. Right inside the main previews for a while but if other publishers drop diamond fail whatever um i think you could see the size of previews shrink but the price stay the same i think that would be how they would look to cover some of the either lost revenue or or um, defer some of the cost to print uh but to the bigger question of is is diamond in trouble um you know that's that's an interesting question and that's one that we can all make you can make a quick and off the cusp assumption of yeah they're doomed without 80% of the you know the the comic market but then you got to stop and realize that they're more than just comics and comics alone are not their biggest ticket items you know their diamond select figure line is huge uh, i think they just inked some sort of like exclusive distribution deal with funko um, and pops have been a huge thing for them. You've got Marvel Select, Marvel Legends. You've got, you know, all of the figures, all the T-shirts. Um, and Jeppy's very diversified in pop culture. So he not only has Diamond, he also has E. Gerber, which most people would know as MyLights, Halfbacks, and Fullbacks. But E. Gerber now also does all of the comic care bags and boards. And so he's got that side of things. He has Alliance, which is his game distribution which has Wizards of the Coast and, you know, Magic the Gathering stuff. So they're really diversified. And I think more than anything, you would just see Jeppy Enterprises maybe consolidating space. And if their product lines shrink, that's just what is going to happen. Um, now, I will say that we've seen a few changes in how Diamond handles things that would indicate that maybe there's a little pinch for money. Um, but I don't know if that's just a, you know, luck of the draw type behavior or, you know, them doubling down to say like, well, okay, we got to keep our house in order. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that makes the most sense is, you know, they have, they, their eggs weren't all in the, in the comic basket anyway. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it hurts, but, right. um, you know, most some of those other ones that you mentioned, my goodness, those those could probably be a company unto themselves. So, yep, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think they will too. I think it'll just you know there's going to be an evolution. Things are going to shift and change, but you know I think in the comic industry things were stable for an oddly long period of time, and I think now we're just seeing the shifts and the growth and the ebbs and flows, and just like any any thing that has growing pains it's it's like an, an earthquake you know there's aftershocks it takes time for things to kind of work their way out and, and sink into place so i think we still have another couple of years worth of of shifts to hold on and watch yeah 
Now, um, how were the collections? I know you you are kind of a destination store for people that bring their collections to liquidate and sell. Um, did you find over the pandemic year that people weren't selling their comics or they were more? And tell me some of the cool stuff that you got. Um, so by and large, they weren't because usually the the times that we see people selling their collections the most are usually around time periods when money is tight, holidays, tax day, um, those kinds of things. Ah. And because the government was giving free money out to everyone, nobody was selling, everybody was accumulating. And that's why you saw prices for everything just go so dramatically higher because you had people who maybe they wanted that first miles Morales and it was like, Oh, it's a $500 book. I don't have 500 bucks. Well, the government just gave me an extra 600. Well, hell, I'll just I'll pay 800 for it if that's what it is. I don't care. It's only 200 out of my pocket because the 600 that came in, I didn't have that anyways. And so you just had that kind of perpetuated self all along. And so really the people who were getting that money who probably should have been, you know, saving it or using it for other purposes, were just using it to to buy things because in their mind it was money that they had never had. So whatever, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't have missed it. So why should, why would I miss it if I pay, you know, overpay for a comic book? Now I've got this cool thing. So we anticipate in the next probably year, year and a half that we're going to see a, a significant uptick in collections coming in. Gotcha. Uh, but we, we did have collections coming in through the pandemic. A lot of it was more like people sitting at home going, Hmm, I I'm cleaning out this space and, Oh, I found some comics. I'll take it to the comic store and see if they know anything about it. Um, what are our, the big things we got, through the pandemic um we definitely had a couple of large collections come in uh we had one where a a gentleman was moving he'd been collecting for 30 years um and just said you know what i'm i'm moving and i'm in my 60s and i don't really read much anymore so i it's just time rather than move it into a new house let's just sell it now and so that was I think 25 long boxes. Um, and he had great taste. Uh, he had darn near an entire Valiant collection of every Valiant book that came out. Um, all the covers, ratios, everything. So that was cool. And his two, his three other big favorites were Alex Ross, Adam Hughes, and Star Wars. So couldn't have picked a better time to have full runs of most <laughs> Star Wars books. Um <laughs> Also had a lot of really great Ross and Hughes covers. One of them was the um, the Legion 23 Supergirl sitting on the, the moon, uh, which was a very sought after Adam Hughes book. So we, we had that was a great collection. And of course, all the Catwoman covers. Um, so that was a really good one for us. What else? We had a lot of little collections that would come in with, you know, 100 books and 95 of them would be dollar bin fodder. And then you'd have like just some really random issue of detective that was like a $200 book. You're like, Oh, okay, well, that's good. You know, an older detective (laughs) or an older Spider-Man. And then we, like I said, we bought a couple of big figure collections, but one of them was massive. I think we, it was almost 4,000 action figures. Um, Everything from the X-Men, the original X-Men figures um, still on their cards and packages Star Trek, a uh, bunch of Batman, Batman Adventures, 
every one of the Batmobiles, the Batboat, the Bat Ski, all of those things, um, GI Joes, you name it. The, the, the collection was massive. It came in on literally two trailer loads um, on a 15 foot trailer with boxes and so that was the better part of three days processing and getting it out. But so we had that one and that was probably another, the other big one that came in. That's pretty cool. How's James passion project of his uh, vinyl section? Is it continuing to grow? Yes, actually um, that was another collection that came kind of to us obliquely where a gentleman came in and he goes, Oh, you've got vinyl. And we said, yeah. And he goes, well, I collect vinyl. I'm going to go look. And he, was going through and he found, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 records. And he's like, I have all these in my collection, but yours are in so much better condition that <laughs> I'm going to buy these and swap them out. And then he goes, I have a lot of doubles and triples. Would you be interested in buying them? Because I only need the best condition one. And he goes, I just, they're heavy to carry around. And so I just haven't ever moved them. And so James went to his, uh, went to his house or whatever and, uh, you know, looked through everything. And it was, it was all the stuff that we like. It was, you know, uh, metal and rock, um, you know, just all sorts of great stuff, like multiple copies of Led Zeppelin, you know, one through four, um, just fantastic stuff, Rush, um, Metallica, you name it. I mean, it was all there. Some of it was a little bit beat up. Some of it was still in really good shape. Um, so that was, must have been five or 600 records that came in with that collection, um, which really helped to beef things up. And yeah, so now the, the vinyl section went, I think the last time you were at the store, the vinyl section was probably maybe a hundred vinyl yeah, records maybe in yeah. kind of that brown cabinet, like two levels top on bottom. Well, now it takes up a, I think it's probably a 20 foot section of the wall and it's four layers high and multiple vinyl deep so it's definitely grown that's awesome uh what's now let's see free comic book day is remind me august something it's august or september i can't even remember anymore uh, okay so um, shifting do we um you, you have big plans for the day well, um, we are really good at planning ahead, so we always make sure to give ourselves about 72 hours notice on what we're going to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, August 14th. That's that's right. It's August 14th. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have something going on in the store. We always do. Um, always have a sale on comics, whether it's back issues or if it's buy one, get one new issues. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have stuff going on in the store. Um, We'll try and maybe announce it a couple weeks early this time instead of a week early. <laughs> but yeah, That's and we've cool. got we've pre-ordered tons of of extra books. Um, and generally, we use Free Comic Book Day to help out uh, something in the community. Oftentimes, it's been food pantries, so everyone that comes in gets a free comic. But then, if you bring some food pantry items, you can depending on how much you bring, we'll let you grab a couple extra. However, this year with it being kind of closer to fall. Um, usually around Thanksgiving time, we on our Black Friday sale, we'll extend an additional percentage off if you bring like uh, gently or new, gently worn or new uh, winter clothing uh, gear like that, because we have a couple of um, group homes in the area that have um, 
folks who just can't, they can't live on their own, whether they're older or they're younger and, and their parents are unable to take care of their needs or have passed on. Um, so we try and help out with those group homes to make sure that they have what those guys and, and gals need for the winter. So it'll be something like that, but we'll definitely have some form of, of donation component to it. Yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of exciting for me. I um, collected a, a bunch of my free comic book day books and gave them to my daughter, who's children's librarian. And um, she had a, a summer reading program. And so she would report back that, you know, when these, some of the kids that would just really geek out over the ability to get a free comic and, you know, they poured over them looking at each, each one and like, Oh, Oh, this is great. I want this one. Oh, I want this one too. And so I'm going to make sure that I, I ordered a bunch uh, from you so that I'm going to have a lot extra, a lot more to give her the next for her next cycle of, of summer reading program. Um, so she can expand it and give, give away more comics because, um, kind of cool to see um kids young and old and uh girls and boys uh grabbing grabbing comics and reading them and that's what it's all about right yep that's that's the name of the game on that holiday is really to get comics into to new people's hands now last time we talked um if i recall you were um not able to read as much as you'd like uh comic wise is that is that changed are you able to read more it has changed i'm able to read less <laughs> oh. yeah it's it's kind of a the punishment of success i guess in a way um yeah ev- everything has continued to grow and build with the store um so my time has become more and more limited uh and it, it's also in part because my daughter's getting older and so now there's more activities we're running to swim team practice and taekwondo and my, my wife has this really odd request that i be healthy um so now i find myself at the the y taking classes four or five days a week and so it just kind of adds up and and unfortunately the reading is the thing that seems to get cut the most um and you still but have i do i do too, find right? myself reading stuff uh here and there so that's good and you still have the, the the day job too, right? So you have yeah two. yeah I have yeah. full time day job. I've got a team of three people working for me there and managing some uh, research work happening outside of our organization with a couple of partner universities is always fun. Uh, if you ever want to have a really really exciting phone call, get two university attorneys that are one's a public university and one's a private university and just sit and listen. Boy, is that electric. Uh, I don't think so. So you did. No, say that's you, not that's not a slight on any any attorneys out there. I don't want the job. I love you, but some of the terms they use, I just I'm lost. So. So what are you reading that you? Uh, what are you able to read that you like? Oh, so um, I will say that more than anything else right now, I I read more manga than I do comics, and it's mostly because of the form factor. It's easy to take. It's light. And I don't really care if my manga volumes get blunted corners, but heaven be with whoever blunts the corner of one of my comic books. Uh. So I do tend to take that. And um, when I take vacation, I'll usually take a Marvel epic or uh, a DC trade or an image trade with me just because it's easier to carry. Um, So I've in the last couple of vacations, I've gone on i've taken a a little bit older marvel material 
not super old, but like some of the um, Silver Surfer epics that have come out. So I've been reading some of those and um, some Doctor Strange. And I'm just trying to think. I'm taking a quick look around here in my my office, a.k.a. the library, to see if there's anything jumping out at me that I've also read. No, I think those are probably the big things right now. Some Some manga volumes and then some older Marvel. Very nice. I'm going to take a quick second here to um, pimp out our Patreon channel. Um, so go to patreon.com slash comics for fun and profit, and you can sign up to, uh, if you sign up at any level, you get entered into our CGC Slab contest where we're giving away a 9.8, um, a wonderful comic uh, that you can put in your collection that will be shipped directly to you. Um, we've Talk had two winners. Like me. Cause I'm yes. the in crowd. Yes, you are one of the in crowd and we appreciate that very much. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but also you get to be a part of our Slack channel, um, and that community that we're building there, um, and having some great conversations, you get early access to episodes, you get exclusive episodes, episodes just for you. Um, and, uh, other swag and stuff as we continue to build our channel and our um, Patreon Patreon site up. So we appreciate Here's the challenge, Drew. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm going to give donate. I'll even ship it out of my own pocket. The next three people who sign up for the Patreon and keep their membership for three months. At the end of that third month, I will send all three of them on my dime a full set of our Shadow Man Jenny Frizen exclusive trade dress covers. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you, sir. Yes, you're welcome. So you have to keep track of who it is and get their addresses. But after three months that they've been a member, I will send them a set of Jenny covers. So all our existing patrons are going to they're going to delete their accounts and start over <laughs> so they can get so they can get that. But that's awesome. That's awesome. I'll come I hope. up with something special for them potentially as well. But <laughs> it'll have to be inside Patreon that we give that announcement. So, yes. Oh, it would yes. not be wise to, to let it slip on this recording. That's true. That's true. That's fantastic. So, um, yeah. OK, so the so three. The first three new patrons that and then that they have to hang out for three months um, yes. as patrons. And then um, I'll send you their information. Well, that's pretty awesome, dude. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yep. No problem. Um, so let's um, take a look. Let's let's segue over seamlessly uh, to your FOC. And uh, why don't you run this, man? Because this is your baby. And um, I, I, I was open. <laughs> I've always been curious how like you you sometimes you really expand you've you've really expanded like the things you you select. It used to be like one comic that you would put a thumbnail in or a couple. Um and then it's grown and now it's toys and now it's um other things that you highlight. What is your what is the method to your madness on what you put in the email that uh, is it things that you like or things that you think other people like or a combination of both? Combination of both, to be 100% honest. Um, 
Yeah, the list has evolved over time. It used to just be as simple as go to Diamond and grab the thing that says Final Order Cutoff Books for the Week. And that was all fun and games, and it was good, and it was, you know, I, I built a process around that. But like you said, the list has grown lately, and that's because there's I, I found this new link that they created that is basically a what they call new-to-order final call. And for those that really want to get nerdy in the weeds on, on Diamond stuff or, or, I guess, comics in general, um, but it's easiest to see on Diamond items. If you look at the uh, item order code, you'll see that there's a pattern. And it's always a three alpha character for the month, a two numeric character for the year, and then a four-digit item code. So, you know, May 210001 is going to be the main previews catalog. But you'll notice in some cases where you'll have the the month, the year, and then there'll be an eight or a nine as that first digit of the four digit item code. And yeah. that signifies items that were added outside of the normal preview cycle. So that can be things like FOC covers, um, second printings, third printings, etc. cetera. Um, but then it also can be things like uh, action figures, statues and whatnot. And those are usually not part of the normal uh, solicitation cycle. And they get featured on the website and in other areas called uh, new to order. And what they've done is they've created a button now where you can see the new to order final call, they call it. Now, it's the exact same thing as FOC. They just don't put it in the FOC tool that they already own. But they generate a list of all of those additional new things um, that have that eight or nine in it that are available for order. And oddly enough, that order deadline coincides exactly with FOC on a Monday night. So I thought, well, shoot, we might as well just bring those in too, because those are things that a lot of people ask about that, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, can you get, and I have to go hunt it down and go, oh, I could have got, but now it passed because there's never any notice of anything. Um, so this way we try and get it out there. And it's things like, Star Wars figures are always a big one for us. Funko Pops, um, you know, and so if we see them when we order them, great. But if we don't see them, then we miss them and people are looking for them and we feel terrible. Um, obviously, we're predominantly a pre-order game, but doesn't mean we can't try and be a little better. So in the spirit of being a little better, I have started including additional um, products of note that I think people are going to want. And sometimes... Uh, that email doesn't come out when I'm recording, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The list has gotten longer and the time it takes has gotten longer. But so um, because you're doing such yeah. good work, it takes longer to do. <laughs> it's That's when I usually message you and Kyle and say, vamp, just keep it yes, going. Email's yes. coming 10 minutes. <laughs> we, we, um, we just yeah. talk about like one thing for like an hour waiting for it to come in. No, it's never that long. It never takes that long. I usually try and have it out by about 9.30 Central. That's my my target time. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, and then as far as the items that I pick, it is, it's really two things. Um, it's either books that I think people are going to like or, you know, cover artists that I, I see orders historically are high for, Art Germ, Adam Hughes, things like that. Um, you know, I know that those are going to be higher ordered books. So, I can put them out here to catch people's attention. Um, 
in today's list, there's the Stabity Bunny plush, which is something where I didn't know it was going to be out there. And I figure there's enough people that like Stabity Bunny that would go, oh, he's kind of a cute little rabbit. He looks almost like an Easter bunny. Um, So I threw that one in there. Right. Um, Second printings, those don't get a preview cycle. So I tend to like to put some of those in if I think they're, you know, of note. Um, And at one point, I think my (laughs) my FOC thing had like 20 covers in it. And I was like, that's way too much. That's that's way too much manual work. So now I'm trying to slim it down to in between eight and ten a week. And the the best way is still to use the uh, the the link to get on the mailing list, correct? Yeah, either that or um, you know if people forget it, can't find it, whatever, just email me Eric at cowbungacomics.com, uh, cowbunga with the K, and that's that's simple as that. Um, try and get notes out to you as soon as I can, you know, welcoming you in and letting you know what's coming up. Um, I have to send a note to two new folks yet here this evening, so. That's exciting. Um, we're adding people weekly, and our pre-pandemic to now, our mail order customers have almost doubled um, as far as the amount we have. So we still have a ton of interest, and and it's growing. That's fantastic. All right. So what we got this? What do we got this week? All right. So what did I highlight in the email? Um, one of the things I think it's really important for people to be aware of is that whenever there's a holiday that falls on a weekend or a Monday. DC throws us all a monkey wrench and makes the FOC that would normally be due on that Sunday, the prior Thursday. So this week's FOC has essentially three lists in it. It has DC for Sunday, all other publishers for Monday, and then DC for July 1st. So when you open it up, you're going to be like, holy crap, that's a lot of lines. I did color code the the July ones so that folks can see like these are coming out a week later, you're, you know, if you're budgeting, make sure you're aware of it. But uh, in the email, the first two items I've got are Shazam 1 cover A, Clayton Henry cover. Uh, a lot of people, you know, are interested in getting more Shazam in their hands. So we've got that one out there. And then, like I said, the Stabity Bunny plush. It's kind of cute. Um, not as scary as uh, as you'd think for that kind of a book, but he is a <laughs> exactly. cute little guy. And then for the July 1st um, solicits, I put Icon and Rocket Season 1. Uh, which we've had a decent amount of interest in. It's part of a, um, it, it's part of a new launch. Uh, it's got Reginald Hudland, who many of you probably know from writing things like Black Panther. Um, so we're we're thinking there's going to be some decent interest in this uh, part of the Millennium stuff. And then uh, Batman Secret Files Huntress um, in Ivan Rodriguez cover, which is just a gorgeous cover. And um, I think I that was doesn't quite cover. get enough love. <laughs> it, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think that Huntress gets quite enough love anymore. So I wanted to feature her. And it's a beautiful cover. Oh, yeah. Um, and then for Image, we've got uh, Mother of Madness, uh, issue one of three. This one is one that we've seen a really good amount of pre-orders for. A lot of interest, people wanting to check it out. Um, the fact that it's a three issue mini series is definitely enticing for a lot of folks. And then there's just a little book called Spawn's Universe next to it that's got a second print coming out, uh, McFarlane cover. You know, I think he maybe he could make it in the industry. We'll see. But he's got to figure it figured out. He might. And then for Marvel, um, Extreme Carnage is continuing. So we've got Extreme Carnage Beige, number one. And then for you, Drew, I, I didn't yeah. pick. I didn't pick this in Kevich because it's a ratio cover. 
And I know that this particular podcast, we don't necessarily always like the ratios. So I went with what I thought was one of the top three covers, and that was the Delato variant. That's beautiful. And then it is. It, it is absolutely beautiful. It's probably, I would say it's one of my, one of my leading Delato variants, especially in the last couple of years. Um, the Spider-Man stuff is really great, but it, it, he does a lot of it. So I like that this is outside the wheelhouse of norm for him. And then as far as the, the last couple items from our fun section, um, got a really cool little pop uh, DC Batman from the uh, an original DC cover. So I think the way that they've designed the box is it's it's a smaller pop than normal. Um, either that or it's a little bit larger box. But then you have kind of the facsimile comic behind you uh, for Batman number one, which is really cool. And then we also have uh, Star Wars Black Jin Urso action figure. There's a, a handful of, of Star Wars figures on here. And for those of you that don't get the FOC but might be interested in stuff, some of the other items we have in that section will be going over shortly. Fantastic. I'm looking at I'm looking at the um, the color coding for the two different um, DC offerings. That that yep. is that is extensive, isn't it? It is. It it adds another I don't know what it was fifty item lines. So. But we're getting a Superman and Authority, the last chance to get that. Um, yep. Blue and gold number one, last chance to get on that. Blue and gold number one was one that I almost put in the email. Um, it's definitely one that we've gotten a decent amount of interest in. There's a lot of people that like, you know, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. So. Oh, we have White uh, Nightwing 82. Nightwing's been busted. Red hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's doing well at your store as well, I'm guessing. Absolutely, yes. Um, every every issue selling out, we cannot keep it on the shelf. Um, Tom Taylor strikes gold again. I like that. I like that second printing. They, they seem to do really, they pull out the stops with these second prints. For a while, they weren't, so it's kind of nice to see that they are. Um, yeah, I, I agree. This is The second print's pretty good. Yeah, that's great. And um, now, have we had Melinda Zuko on a cover before for 82? That's a good question. I I don't think she has been, has she? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't I don't believe so. Is that the cardstock or the? Yeah, that's cover A. She's on the cover that's A. That's the cover A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's tempting. But so is that. So is that uh, second printing. I don't know. I might get that for Kyle just because he's not here to pay attention. Yeah, he, he's the Nightwing he guy, get, just like me. Yeah, he would love that. <clears throat> what else we got here? Well, I, got, I guess I got a scout question really quickly. Um, yeah, are they being co-distributed by by both Diamond and Lunar? Or have they yes. chosen to go with Lunar now? No, they're they're at both. Um, can anybody do that when their terms expire with Diamond? They can no yeah. longer be exclusive with them. They're like, you can continue to distribute us, but we're also going to go here. Yeah, yeah. They Once the period of exclusivity is done, then they renegotiate new contracts. Um, yeah, they can do 
you know, whatever they want, obviously. Um, so you were going to see more of this? I don't know. I don't really know. Um, I think we're all waiting to see how long Scout does it. Just because every time you add another endpoint, there's an increased cost. So you were just kind of waiting to see. It feels like at some point they're going to pick one over the other. Yeah, and I don't know. And I think it would be it would be a, a miss on their part if they. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of wonky. Um, you know, we we actually get a lot of our stuff directly from Scout. Um, they self distribute as well, so we we tend to get quite a bit directly from them. But it's weird because sometimes we get books like two and a half weeks early before release date, and sometimes we get them two and a half weeks after release date. It's well, really no reason. Yeah, so it's kind of like, well, hedge a bet. Who are we going to go with now? Um, so, yeah, it, it's a little wild west with them. But we made it work. And that Soul Stream, they have a great price on it. Is is that uh, from Scout? That's a $1.99 book. Um, is that an all ages imprint? Scoot? Yeah, it's their Scoot yeah, imprint. Scoot's there. There are all ages. It's kind of like the, uh, the Boombox imprint that. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, where Spectre Inspector is currently. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think I like. when Lumberjanes was coming out, I think it at least started as a boombox book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as we slide down to the um the seven one uh stuff, uh, the we have a, a Superman Son of Kal El number one. We have that great the, cover. The great homage cover. Oh yeah. And of course, I think like you were gonna say, Tom Taylor writing. Yeah. Can't go wrong. And you last chance to get uh, some of the free comic book day books uh, from DC. Um, some higher priced ones, right? Yeah, they've got some free comic book ratios. When did that happen? <laughs> it's cowboy country. I don't know. Now, now that just kind of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? Because, I mean, you're, you're a <laughs> retailer. You're buying these to give to customers to grow the habit, not to lose more money doing it by having to buy a $5 book. Ours is not to question. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we love you, DC? Question mark. Now, I guess I guess the specker in me would say, go, go, go. And now I, got, I want those. But practically, I, I just think that's silly. And it's not what free comic book day is all about. Yeah, I mean, I guess the nice thing is, even though it's a 1 in 20, it's 5 bucks. Yeah, sure. Wait a, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't justify it enough for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess not. And then now we're getting, and then Nightwing seventy eight is going to a third printing. That's yep. cool. Anything else from our distinguished competition there at DC that we want to highlight? Um, I would just say. 
if I can, the, the July 1st offerings seem to have a little bit more meat to them um, based on what we've seen in the store. So Suicide Squad, Get Joker number one, that's a new black label book. Uh, it's going to be in that magazine sized format. And that's one that we've had a decent number of people looking forward to Azarello's writing it. So um, that one's got some eyes on it. And then we already talked about the Batman Secret Files Huntress. Uh, what DC's been doing lately with these Secret Files books is they're kind of doing what they did in the past, putting in little first appearances, new tidbits, things like that. So might be something to watch from a speculator standpoint there. Uh, from a reader standpoint, Batman Reptilian number two, it's a Garth Ennis book. The first issue came out this past week. I did page through it, and it is, in my opinion, it's it's what I like from Garth Ennis as opposed to some of the goofy, silly stuff that he does. Um, yeah. So that one also a lot of strong um, in-store sales, but of course we had Garth Ennis in the store, so I think we've kind of tilted it in in that favor. Um, and then there was one more. What was the other one that I was looking at? Do do do. I can't. Oh, uh, in the trade section, Batman Adventures Cat Got Your Tongue trade paperback. Um, great kids stuff and beautiful Darwin Cook art on the cover. Um, so just calling that one out. It's, kind of, it's a reprint of older material, but um, definitely something worth picking up. And for five bucks, how can you go wrong? Oh, that's Darwin Cook? That's a Darwin Cook cover, yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks. Okay, then we get to Dark Horse and... Um... Uh, bringing back tales from Harrow County, which yep. uh, bring, brings my heart a lot of joy. Um, I, I enjoyed that book very, very much. It's it's really good, Colin Bunn, and um, they're bringing it back, so be nice to see. And nice when they revisit stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a smaller offering from Dark Horse this week, but we also have Black Hammer Reborn on there, and and the Black Hammer universe has been a very consistent um, item for a lot of folks. Then at IDW, we have uh, Bermuda number one. Um, it's launching. This is John Lehman. Um, taking another crack at trying to replicate his chew success. We'll see how he does this time. Yeah, kind of the solicitor reads like a, slightly fantastical conan with a female 16 year old female as the main character like nothing he's done since chew <laughs> so we'll see um, for those of you who are uh, bilingual or um, spanish as your primary language we've got locking key bienvenidos a lovecraft which i believe is the first trade Welcome to Lovecraft. Um, that is in Spanish, which is cool. Radiant Black. Uh, another, oh, go ahead. Nope, nothing. Go ahead. I was going to say a little under the radar action um, here in uh, IDW is Marvel Action Spider-Man 4. Uh, Solicit has us saying, who is Screwball and what does this mysterious villain want? Uh, I believe this will be a First appearance of said villain Screwball, and the last time that I remember something hitting big on the Marvel Action Spider-Man was was a Yellow Hulk on the cover of one of those Marvel Action books that just went completely bonkers. Yeah. Um. So 
Or who yeah, was on Spidey who senses was the, tingling, maybe? In that web of Spider Man that Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is from December of twenty twenty. So Yeah, they're right on it. They're they are pumping it out. What what is the deal there? My goodness. IDW, you get the you get the Marvel license and then you slow slow pedal it? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And then down at uh, Image, um, we have um, that Mother of Madness that you mentioned. Uh, the Radiant Black, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, that's been a big one. And then um, Skybound X is also, the first two issues have sold really well for us. Oh, that's great. Yeah, kind of the, the crossover component to Skybound or whatever has been well received. Yeah, that could have went either way. Yeah. Yep. Um, Siphon number one. This is a three issue series from Patrick Meany and Mazen Ozroff with the art by Jeff Edwards and John Kaliz. Looks decent. Yeah, the, it's a really interesting premise. Um, this idea of a, an EMT can kind of take pain away from people, but as a result, he ends up burdened with all their pain. So it's kind of kind of an interesting idea. Yes. And then uh, Drew has to borrow money from his kid's <laughs> piggy bank because it's Walking Dead Deluxe 19 time. And uh, that's first Michonne for most of you who know that. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight covers for me to buy. And um, would you miss those days when it was just four covers <laughs> i do i think we're uh, uh, when we go to 20 we'll go right back to three i think um so it's funny i i don't blame them they uh they milk it and i'm looking forward to seeing what is do we know what life looks like yep there it is he didn't do bad hid those feet of no course. pouches but no feet yeah <laughs> uh, that's funny from Marvel, we have um, Alien. That's uh, been a really good book. I've enjoyed uh, the first Amazing Fantasy. I'm I'm curious. Uh, I'm going to check that out. I want to see how what that's all about. This relaunch. Carrie Andrews, both writing and doing the art. Yeah, yeah, it could be good. And then my last chance um, to make my decisions on all the Moon Knights that I've already ordered. Um, I'm assuming these are the same ones that were in pre-order cycle. They haven't added new ones, have they? Uh, they have not. Yes. Okay. Remember to look for the eights and the nines in that ah, fourth to last you. digit position. Yes. Yes. Um, those are great. Would love to have the the hidden gem, Sinkevich, but little outside of my budget. Um, yeah, it's it's a nice cover. Yeah. And then we have um, Star Wars Bounty Hunters Jabba the Hutt, number one. Um, one of the books, you know, series of covers that have been selling really well right now are the Sprouse Lucasfilm 50th um, anniversary variants. Some of the covers that they've come out with are just phenomenal. We have another one uh, with Darth Vader 14. So if 
folks are collecting those, just be aware that that'll be coming out. Okay. I don't, I think I missed this. How, how long have they been doing these? Um, yeah, on the fourth or fifth one now, oh, I wow. think. Yeah, that is yeah, really nice. Yeah, some really nice ones. Yeah, I like those. Thor gets an annual. Yeah. No, no Donny Cates writing on that one, but. They say it's his first. I'm sure Thor's had another annual, but. I wonder if they do legacy numbering on annuals. Right. Uh, let me see. They do not. At least not on the dress there. For those who uh, enjoyed Venom 35, a.k.a. 200, got a second print and a ratio variant of that. Of course. That did well for you, right? People uh, yeah. seem to like very, that book. Well. Yeah, I think, um, well, actually, I can tell you exactly how many of those I brought in. Let's see here. Let just click on this button, and then I click on this button, and I scroll down. Okay. Um, uh, 580 copies for mail order. And then in the store, we had another 380 copies in the store. Wow. Almost wow. a thousand copies of almost a, a thousand copies. A six dollar book. That's and we're down pretty to, awesome. Yeah, we're down to I think maybe forty across all the covers total. Well, was there one in one thousand variant? No. Wish there was. We would have gone for it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been easy, right? Yeah, the the highest one they had was one in fifty. I'm surprised. That surprises me. Have they changed their tune on? Well, no. We just saw some big ones. So, hmm. interesting. Uh, from Boom, we have uh, Dark Blood number one from Latoya Morgan and Walt Berna with a Val Delandro cover. That's very nice. And uh, Latoya Morgan worked on uh, Walking Dead as a screenwriter and Into the Badlands. So sometimes those showrunners or those uh, writers don't translate well from TV. Sometimes they do. We'll gotcha. see. We got Proctor Valley Road number five of five. Uh, Proctor Valley Road has been a very strong seller for us. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Continuing to stick with it. Um, Grant Morrison not going. Crazy Grant Morrison, just just enough Grant Morrison, I guess. <laughs> just enough crazy. Yeah. He's not on eleven. He's kind of dialed her down to about seven. So, <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of people really speaking highly of it. That's cool. Uh, I think nothing left in boom for me. I I think the next one that just needs to be called out is Deja Thoris versus John Carter of Mars, number one from Dynamite. Um, there's a cover for everyone here. <laughs> yes, yes. 
yeah, they they certainly like their uh, like their ratios, and that's cool. They're they've got some really great ones. Obviously, any of those Perillos are are just fantastic covers. He's such a great artist. And then they have several eights there in their order codes with all those FOC and um, exclusives. Correct. See, I'm learning. I have to admit, I am a sucker for the James Bond stuff. I love James Bond. And I actually believe um, of all of the licensed properties that Dynamite has, they actually have done some of their best stuff with James Bond. Uh, a lot of a lot of the Bond stuff is very true to character. Um, some of it weaves in with the film franchises and books, and some of it is kind of new uh, new areas. But I have yet to be disappointed, and I I pick them up in single issues just because I'm, I'm it's dynamite, so I'm never 100% sold that it's going to be great. And I always end up taking my single issues back to the store and buying the hardcover when they come out. So. If you're a fan of of James Bond, um, I'd recommend maybe checking out some of that older Dynamite stuff that they've got that's already wrapped up. See if you like it. I had to check and see what a um, $636 Metroid resin statue looked like. Gee, many Christmas. Did it wow you? No, no. But I'm not... I don't know who Meta Ridley is. So Kyle would be yelling at me right now because he'd say, yes, you do. It was this person. But yeah, I don't, I haven't played Metroid since my Super NES, I think, back in the day. So it's <laughs> been a while. Yeah, year two. Yeah, there's some, there's some pretty spendy pieces on here, but there's some really cool ones too. Like, the Marvel Contest of Champions, there's a Doctor Strange, a Loki, and a Thanos. And, um, you know, for, for the price for what you're getting, it's it's not that bad. Um, fairly good detail. And then, of course, we've got some alien stuff. So we have Alien Resurrection with the lead alien warrior. So that's great. Uh, we've got... I would think we might be get some a surge in Loki um, interest. I we probably should. In fact, actually, here I will read this. While I was prepping the FOC, I get a text from my wife. I have a new star crush. His name is Tom Ellis, and he plays Lucifer in the Netflix show, also named Lucifer. And then I said, "What about Loki?" And she goes, "Him too." So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm toast. Like. I need to change my name to start with an L, I guess. <laughs> so if it's not Loki, now it's Lucifer. But um, yeah, we've definitely we've we've seen an uptick in uh, Loki trade sales. Uh, Vote Loki was a big one that uh, I think was a reprint. Was it a reprint? Well, we got a bunch in not that long ago, and we sold through almost all of it. And a lot of the Loki stuff um, that had been packaged up in trades prior. So definitely. Definitely getting Loki. And I finally, I need to go back to a Black Mask. I finally oh, okay. get my last issue. I think it's my last issue of Last Song. So the fourth issue came out. Um, and I get to find out um, what happened with the with the uh, band. <laughs> so this should, that, that'll be a good one. I'm glad. I'm glad it's 
finally i think it's the end maybe maybe not you know with black mask you never know you never know the the beginning can also be the end sometimes with them yes yeah you'll you'll just in, enjoy that it, number one issue enjoy right. it and cherish it because you might not get another one uh, for those of you who are traditional football fans and uh, root for Liverpool, there's some pops here for you. Um, I'm sure it's going to throw a few people for a loop when they see pop football and then they go, who the heck is Roberto Firmino? But they'll figure it out when they see that he's got a soccer ball with him. So, you, yeah, OK. Uh, and then I, I have to call it out. Um, there are a number of folks that are into Pokemon and there are some, um, Pokemon pop games here available. We've got the Charizard, which is great. Um, the Charmander, the Horsey and the Pikachu sitting, uh, these are all traditional Funko Pops, but they're part of the kind of the games section, they call it. Oh, okay. And there's some Star Wars ones too, including a concept, uh, Han Solo, which, not necessarily not the console you've seen, right? No. Um, concept no. stormtrooper, uh, snowtrooper. So there's some cool stuff. Uh, if you're if, if you like some of that concept style art, kind of kind of fun. Yeah, there's great stuff in here. Oh, I I fr- quite frankly I I really like the addition of the extra stuff. So uh, it's worth the extra time for me to for, to see all the new added things and um expanded offerings and, and I, yeah and, and i i just like the opportunity that i get i get to hey maybe grab one of these things right right before the cutoff it's kind of cool makes me feel special yeah and i and i've also noticed too that it, it really for me for mail order stuff it's one of those things where if people are aware of it then they can buy it you know if they're not aware of it then they can't. And then when they do see it later, they're like, Oh, could you get this? And it's too late. Like I'd said before. So, you know, it's just trying to get a little bit ahead and, and actually getting as much as I can out for people to see and, and have a chance to experience. Yeah. And there's some really cool star Wars stuff in here. There's a K2SO action figure. Um, So if you, if you liked him as a character, I kind of liked him. He was one of the, newer character creations that I enjoyed um, as well as some we've got some other uh, vintage toys. So rebel trooper, we've got, you know, uh, the Bo-Katan from the Mandalorian. Um, what else do we have? The Queel, which was the guy that was riding the, whatever I, where's Kyle when you need him? He knows what all those animals are. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of that, there's some some cool Star Wars stuff in there. But I think that pretty much rounds out our list. All right. Now let's head over to our good friends at Comic Book Invest, and we're going to take a look at the Hot 10 um, for June 25th. Um, So number one is Stray Dogs, number one. Um, I love this book. Uh, I cannot believe uh, that raw copies are going with over 100 bucks. I'm going to have to dig the copy out and um, send it on its way because I can't imagine that's going to stay up that high. Uh, right? 9.8's hitting 400. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's like a K 
key. You couldn't get a key for that much. Um, Injustice Gods Among Us, year three, number seven, comes in at rank two. Um, based on set photos from the Flash movie set, the Supergirl character looks exactly like Lara Lane Kent, Superman's daughter, whose first appearance is in this issue. This has caused the book to jump from the dollar bins up to 30 to 5 to $40. Um, that's crazy. And if you're right, that's great. But it sounds it sounds like a far-fetched stab in the dark to me. <laughs> uh, rank three, we have Sonic the Hedgehog's 30th anniversary special, the Tyson Hesse 1 in 25 variant. Um, it's going for 60 to $100. I can't imagine how many stores would order 25 of a $9 cover price Sonic special. Probably our good friends at Cowabunga did. Um, but it can't be that <laughs> if many. Only. <laughs> uh, if only. If only, no, we did not quite get that uh, that high of numbers. Uh, this one could easily become a ghost once the initial purchases end up locked away in personal collections. It will definitely uh, become a ghost. Yes. At rank four, we have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number 19, rising in price from less than 10 bucks all the way to 50 bucks. He-Man is hot across the board, and this harder-to-find last issue is bringing the price heat. I did not know that. Fantastic. Yes. At rank five, we have G.I. Joe 282, the John Royal 1 in 10 variant. Um, this is a 40 to 60 book. Um, apparently. Apparently, many stores didn't get their copies, so it appears rare right now. We have to keep an eye on this beyond this week. Did you get your copies? Do you know? We did. We got. Uh, we we did get the ones we ordered for sure. Fantastic. The weird uh, thing with IDW is that they've been releasing certain books. Like we had um, 281 and 282 hit on the same day for GI Joe, and there was one other title that we've had that same phenomena happening where. We'll get two issues at a go and then nothing for two months. So I don't know if that's across the board for all retailers or just us. But they had that. They've been having this trouble with the the Chinese printing companies and shipping. They they they've always had these issues. So I don't know what the deal is if they've ever worked that if that's part of the problem or or they've worked that I think out or not. There's a solution to that that they could have come up with, like different printer. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine the savings are significant enough that the to to be shipped from China, but who knows? At rank six, um, Bitterroot number fourteen, the Juneteenth variant. Uh, from fifteen, we have fifteen to twenty bucks on this. A lot of listings, but a lot of sold copies. Uh, I'm sure retailers ordered plenty of this. I'm sure there are other covers that celebrate Juneteenth, maybe, but this one being released. Right after the holiday probably means a lot to many people. Um, I yeah, did not I know think that. it's it's that. And Sanford Green is um, he's an African American artist, um, I believe, from New York City, and so he has quite a a following, um, both in the city, just being a resident, and then also in the community, uh, in in the the um, minority community. He's he's an artist that has been able to bring in a lot of people similar to how Scotty Young has a style that people really like. Sanford has really been able to bring in a lot of people to comics um, specifically because of his art. And so I think that this is, this is phenomenal. I I thought it was kind of a cool cover um, on Bitterroot, a book that he's done a lot of, 
uh, variant covers for already and been a key part of the creative team. And I, I just, this was one that I thought was really cool. I was very happy with the strong orders that I had for it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Missed out on that one completely. Uh, rank seven, Sandman, number eight. Uh, it's had highs and lows and is currently uh, selling a 980, selling in the 1600 to $1,900 range, um, which is up significantly from just a few weeks ago. This is a book that continually sells well and the ceiling just keeps creeping higher. Uh, rank eight, we have Silk, number four, the Jenny Frizen, one in 25. Another book likely ordered heavy because of the variant. Also, there are store exclusives. Yes, there were. That will push the number of available copies higher to selling in the 40 to 50 range. There's a lot of Ginny Frizen exclusive variants, and we know somebody who has one. Yeah, unfortunately, ours didn't qualify for the silk one. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. Um, this was one that we had, had strong orders for, as we do pretty much any Jenny cover, so. Yeah, fantastic. I rank nine. We have Marvel Spotlight number thirty-two. It's the thirty-cent comic. Um, All-time highs being hit in almost every grade over the past two weeks, including a fourteen hundred and fifty dollars for a nine point six. It was half that in March. Apparently, reports say that Spider Woman movie appears to be focusing on Jessica Drew. Uh, rank ten. We have Stray Dogs number five, the Friday the Thirteenth homage variant. Um, which we, I believe, highlighted at a previous episode. Uh, 15 to 20 duck bucks. Book in Stray Dogs on the list. They have homaged every horror movie yet? Not quite. Uh, Not the, quite. It variant, the It variant of this issue is doing well, too. They have to start an ongoing immediately now that the mini is complete, right? And there is uh, there was a random image, I think it was in previews, for... Stray Dogs Dog Days, which I believe will be coming out in November. Ah, there you go. And the honorable mentions, we have The Amazing Spider-Man 667 Del Auto 1 in 100 variant. Um, this sold for $33,000 for a 9.8. Um, so prior, we had the 9.8 sell for around 20 k so this is a massive increase and continues to push this book into its own collecting category. That's ridiculously huge. Holy moly. You've got like, you got like three or four of those. So you're set. I, yeah, I needed, I need to be doggone it. That's amazing. <laughs> Can you, um, do you remember last week was nice house on the lake? Number one on the list last week. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a good book. Do you, it was a good read. I did read that one. Yeah, I really liked it, yeah. I'm curious um, where it goes. Can't wait to read the next one. Um, and then it, hmm? it goes to number two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that how it works? Oh, Usually. I, I never did put that together. Um, Detective I'm here Comics, to help. <laughs> <laughs> in Detective Comics 140, um, this is uh, an, an item from the Promise Collection. Uh, but I'm not familiar with that. It must be like really pristine. It is a collection. new pedigree um, that came out. So uh, the if you want, do you want me to give the quick background on the Promise Collection? Sure. Okay. So uh, I'm going to cliff note it the best that I can. I did I did some research on it. It is the newest pedigree being recognized by CGC, and 
it was a collection um, that it was two brothers. The story starts with two brothers. One of them was a comic collector. The other one wasn't. And I believe it was the Korean conflict they both went to. And the brother with the comics said, you have to promise me if I don't make it back and you survive that you'll take care of my comics. Well, unfortunately, that's what happened. And so for the rest of the brother's life, he maintained these comics, kept them, you know, wherever he went, they were safe and and taken care of. And I believe he has passed away. And so now the family is like, well, okay, the promise was to him. (laughs) We We didn't promise anybody anything. We, we don't need them. We don't, you know, so uh, they're selling them or they, they sent them in to be graded. And a lot of them are coming back as top end of the census books, um, just phenomenally high grades, beautiful condition. So they were well taken care of. The promise was well kept. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the real cliff note version of it. It's a, it's a sweet story and uh, unfortunate, obviously, that the brother didn't make it back. Um, and this comic, one, just one of his comics, sold for four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yep. Um, so pretty amazing. All right, now it's time for the where we um, pick our take take a crack at our sneak peeks at next week, and we're going to start in DC with um, at Lunar. Yes, sir. And so these books are be coming out on the 29th, correct? Yes, the 29th. And there's lots of good stuff. We've got Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries Extravaganza. So obviously the um, the other Batman and Scooby-Doo crossover did well enough that they're going to do another one. So that's cool. Uh, what else do we have here? We've got a Catwoman annual. Looks good. We've got Green Lantern getting the 100-page Super Spectacular for his 80th yep. Green Arrow. That'd be nice. And I do like the um, a lot of these covers. I like a lot of these covers. Wow. Dan Moore, you get the 40s, the 50s, 60s. Yeah, those are fantastic. Well... Um, how many of uh, are any of those a breakout? Or is there a breakout uh, cover for your store? Uh, well, I mean, we'll always do. Probably Neil Adams will be one of the stronger ones. Um, Derek Chu has really developed a following, and then uh, the Jen Bartel covers are always good for us too. Nice. And then Teen Titans Academy gets a yearbook. And I'm sick of Red X. I'm sick of him. <laughs> yeah, he, you and, and a lot of other people. Uh, he seems to be fading fast, unfortunately. Yeah. Way well, fortunately, I guess for you. Yeah. Drag something out, man. <laughs> I like how they took Constantine and made him a an all ages character. That's pretty cool. The mystery of the meanest teacher with a Johnny Constantine graphic novel. That's great. Yep. Ryan North doing the writing. Now we can slide on over. Unless you had something, we can slide on over to um, previews 
world and uh, check out what they have to offer. Let's hit up Previews World. Look at an image and... Uh, and right off the bat, the first two titles. Crossover continues to be strong and Department of Truth is up, 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 and up. Yeah. And that, that crossover, this is Zadarsky taking over, right? That'll be great. Yes. And um, like I said, uh, both of these are ones that we will have um, exclusive covers for. The reason we're not, we haven't listed them yet is because, uh, like I said, we're partnering with somebody and, and we have a smaller allocation of the print run intentionally. So these will get listed on ShopCow, uh, com as well as yeah. post them on social media and stuff too. So. And then we have a, a series of Walking Dead second printings for 10, 11, 12, uh, 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, yeah, I, I believe the they all have 1 in 25s just like 1 through 6 did. And let me just check and see if the sales are still um, Undead Deluxe second print. Got to check the old eBay really quick. Uh, but at one point, the yeah, uh, a set of the original six uh, is going for like four to five hundred bucks in some instances for the one in twenty fives. Coming down to looks like about three hundred bucks now, but there is a five fifty that sold not that long ago. Uh, five hundred fifty bucks for all six of them, and then for this one, they're pre-selling the sets for about three hundred. So if you're a person who likes ratios and Walking Dead, that might be something you want to look for. Yeah. Uh, then Dark Horse, we have Parasomnia number one. Which is another like, Colin Bunn book. Yeah. Um, Got to back up just a little bit to uh, Everyone is Tulip. So uh, Dave Baker actually put a call out to anyone who was getting this book in that he and Nicole, uh, I don't want to mispronounce her last name, so we're going to call her Nicole. Um, they signed book plates. So uh, we have, for anyone who pre-ordered, Everyone is Tulip. They'll be getting a free book plate signed by them. And then we do have excess stock. So if you are a person who is interested in picking this book up, um, we will obviously sell it to you at a discount. And we will include a book plate while supplies last, um, which wow. was really great. He he reached out and he uh, sent him on his own dime and took care of everything. So uh, that was really neat. Very cool. And that's all I had from them. Let's take a look at IDW. All right. Canto and City of Giants. Canto continues to be a, a very strong seller for us. Amazing story that Canto just continues to do that over and mm -hmm. over again. Got a couple of the Marvel action releases, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man. And then, of course... Got to have some My Little Pony and mix it with Transformers. Yeah, like like God intended. Oh, for those of you that are collected edition fans, um, 
this coming week we have Sonic the Hedgehog IDW Collection Hardcover Volume 1. This is a book that um, if you are interested in Sonic and you did not pre-order it, you're probably going to want to, and you are interested in getting it, you're going to want to get to your store right away because this thing is probably going to sell out very quick and get expensive very quick. Um, Just a hunch based on how things have been going. Hmm. Interesting. And then we've got a new Usagi Yojimbo uh, number one, Usagi, Usagi Yojimbo Dragon Below Conspiracy coming out this uh, this week. So, As we slide down to Marvel, Eric's favorite publisher. They hardly put anything out. I know. They have such restraint. <laughs> uh, Black Cat Annual and... Um, I don't know, is Jed, is Jed uh, writing this annual? Yes, great. Yeah. Jed, yes. Jed McKay's been crushing this book. It's been really good. Yeah, a lot of people have been very, very high on it. That's good. Not just me. Not just you. And Black Widow is another one that people have been pretty high on, especially, I mean, it's, it's definitely big with all the Adam Hughes collectors. He's doing great work on the A covers. Yeah, I... um. I think I missed out on Black Widow. I didn't really. I think I just got the first one and sampled it. And uh, too many books sometimes. Mm-hmm. Got Giant that- Size Amazing Spider-Man Chameleon Conspiracy comes out this week. Yeah. Nick Spencer writing that one's one that has gotten a lot of people uh, interested in it. Do we know who the new Spider-Man creator is going to be yet? We heard. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't recall off the top of my head. Probably give it to Kate's or Al Ewing. Well, Hey, uh, those are two strong writers, so I wouldn't yeah. be, I wouldn't yeah. be, I, I yeah, guess they write dismayed. half of Marvel's books. <laughs> we got uh shang chi number two feels like that was quite a delay between one and two but maybe it's just i think you're right the ta- space time continuum is thrown off by covid that everything feels long and short arbitrarily it, yeah it does if if maybe there was a zero issue or something because it does seem like it's been a long time since that first the first issue Dr. Afra and High Republic, so another double up Star Wars week. And that's all I had from the good folks at Marvel. We slide down into Dynamite. Always like to check out the cosplay covers for Vampirella. <laughs> you know, it's, there are some that you just, you kind of, well, I don't remember what some of them are. Some of the Red Sonya ones where it's kind of like, wow, that, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Oh, man. All the chain mail. But no Red Sonya this week. It's Sacred Six 
Vampirella, which actually the Vampirella B cover is is absolutely gorgeous. Very harkening uh, back to the olden days of those painted covers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like that. It's very nice. Yeah. As we slide down to Boom, we get a second printing for Basilisk. Uh, so that first issue, another Colin Bond. That was a very strong seller. Uh, Dune has has slowed down for us, but Basilisk was a very very strong seller. Spectre, we have new Spectre. Power Rangers Unlimited, Edge of Darkness number one. Oh yeah, Inspector Inspectors finishes its five issue run. Um, oh, this is a Boombox title. I enjoyed it very much. That was good. I am all ages, so. I'm allowed. You are in that age range. Yes, I'm all ages. Um, is uh, we only find them when we're when they're dead seems to continue to be um, sought after by folks. Uh, you know it. It had a real initial, a, a big initial first issue, and it's kind of uh, regressed, obviously, but it's held steady after I would say issue two. It's, it's actually yeah. kind of. Held steady. I think there's a lot of people that believe in Al Ewing, and he's earned that after his run on Immortal Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. So, as we go to the back half, folks, we've got Barbaric um, number one from Vault. We've got Broken Gargoyle, Sin and Virtue from Source Point Press. These books are ones that tend to go unnoticed because they're not on FOC in their back half. Um, and some of those source point books become very hard to get very quickly. Yeah. There's not a lot of, uh, not, not a lot of non FOC guys that though, are there? Um, well, it's pretty much publishers and then a couple other big ones and the rest are non FOC. So there is a decent amount. But I mean, like um, another one of these is, um, this Carpenter Tales of um, Tales of Science Fiction, Hell Number Three. Um, this Storm, Storm King. King Productions is something that's not an yeah. FOC, and anything John Carpenter, it it tends to sell. Now John Carpenter's not writing it, but right. just carrying that name, that's that's a title that can sometimes escape quickly. I didn't realize Source Point wasn't on FOC for some reason. I thought they were. That sucks. They're pretty pretty significant publisher to not be on fsc how about behemoth are they on behemoth is not on there no yeah or at least they're not consistently on it some some publishers some books come and go and i don't know what the rhyme or reason is with that but yeah there's got to be rules or something that they something has to make yeah i don't i don't know what it is either but I'm sure there's some reason for it. I guess if you so put if all your all your efforts into a previous push to get your book pre-ordered, and you're like, well, I don't want anybody to reduce their order, so I'm not going to go offer FOC. Right. I guess. I don't know. I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't want to be on there, but that might be one. Did you read Providence? Yes. Yes. 
Then now we've got Nightmares of Providence number one, Siren variant. We've got a Nkusta Rap variant, Curious variant, Wheaties variant. So if you're a Providence fan, we've got some re uh, reappearance here. And it's really nice just to see something from Avatar Press that's not uh, an old reprint. Yep. And then Red Room number two. Red Room number one flew off the shelves, um, came right out of nowhere from Fantagraphics. And uh, I would say this, you know, it's, it's writ, uh, writing an art by Ed Pisker. So I would say this is one to keep an eye out for, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't like the FOC incentive cover much, but I do like the, the, the standard cover A. And of course, the tin copy FOC is nice um, by Pisker, but not to be. <laughs> it can be yours if you want it to be. Yes. Uh, we Live, number one, going to a fourth printing. This uh, this book continues, just absolutely continues to reprint. So uh, there's people out there that want it. And I believe, was it just option not that long ago? I think so, yeah. So, Aftershock knows what to do with their properties. And then really everyone is aware of White Number One. This is a book that um, if you pre-ordered it, you probably still aren't going to get it. Uh, it was limited to 2,500 copies, and no matter how many your store ordered, if they ordered, I think, more than 10, um, they're being allocated two. So that's the most any one retailer will have. Wow. So that will be a hot book. Yes. You promised me darkness. It's still very hot. And that is all. Eric, as our guest host, please give us your guaranteed lock pick, spec pick of the week. White number one. That's a good one. That is a good one. I am on the fence. I think I'm going to go with crossover number seven. Just because of the uniqueness of Zadarsky taking over the book. My second pick is going to be Red Room number two. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the one I was flip flopping on. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, any anything you need to mention as far as uh, ways to contact you or anything? Did we cover it all? I think we covered it all. That's probably the best way. And I promise, uh, if you heard me shuffling through things at one point, I am—I know I have something in one of my long boxes in this office that I'm going to pull out that will be the uh, the sweetener compliment to those folks who are already patron members. We'll, we'll wow. give them something nice. Wow. So yeah. So not only are we doing our our CGC 9.8 slab contest for new mem- for 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 all members. Um, we are also doing, um, Eric has graciously offered to give the, um, which, which book was it? I will do a full set of the 
Jenny Frizen's Shadow Man covers for the story arc one through four, um, trade dress covers for the first three folks. That is amazing. And he's even sweetening the pot with something else that's glorious for existing uh, existing patrons. So you win something, you win something, you win something. Yeah, you might as well just call this Oprah's Patreon at this point, huh? I mean, holy moly, we thank you very much, Eric, for that. And um, thanks for coming on. And we look forward to uh, the next time when you can squeeze us in. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, you know, when Kyle gets... You know, goes back into witness protection or whatever he needs to do. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll resurface. <laughs> All right, take care. See ya.